I don't want to get all deep and such, but it is fascinating to see the left and the party celebrate these false gods. And it's so easy to prove the, the ladies on the view say everything is about race. Well, except Whoopi Goldberg says there's one thing that's not about race. Well, also, if you're yeah. going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. Isn't it? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Getting uh, feeling a little deep today in my reading and research and show prep and life. Just noticing the continuing series of false gods worshipped by, well, I don't know that they're worshipped by the party. I think the party wants us to worship these false gods. And I don't know, I, I, I sometimes think I can get inside the heads of the party bosses and then I find myself um, risking gossip. But just observing what they have done to people since March of 2020 when they turned on the Great Reset, I, I've, I struggle to believe that they are anything other than people who consider themselves to be the new Caesars. Um, and the new uh, divine beings, uh, self, self, you know, self-created divination. It's it's hard to see it otherwise for me. The false gods, scientism, humanism, and racism, is what the party has constructed for people to worship. And below that, there are subsets. Uh, there's subsets of humanism, such as worshiping one's sexual tastes, desires, aptitudes. I want to say it in a positive sense. Um, and believe, b- beneath racism, there is the invention of isms, transphobia and ism, being afraid of, of men who want to pretend to be women and force you to call them women lest you be fired or drummed out of polite society or, or you know, taken out of um, society altogether. Such an unreasonable fear uh, to be blocked from earning a living because you tell the truth. The false gods are evident in just daily news. And go through a daily news read with these false gods in mind, scientism, humanism, and racism. This is from the recent incredible testimony uh, in Washington, D.C., organized by Senator Ron Johnson, that you'll see has gotten absolutely zero coverage from the Mockingbird media or news programmers. And, and there are news organizations, then there are news programmers. They use news to program people. And I think we've proven that case time and again on this program. Um, this is a doctor who is, is experiencing scientism. See, scientism is, is one part worship of scientists as those who can make all our decisions for us. And who must make all our decisions for us. And if they don't make all our decisions for us, well, then we're completely lost. But it's not all scientists. 
You see, it is self-selected scientists by the, the, the party that must make all their decisions for us. And I'll prove that point here. This is a doctor testifying about threats to his career because he dared speak freely as a physician of his view of a specific patient, someone he met, someone he's examined, someone whose medical records he holds in his hands. And he wants to give specific advice to a specific human being because of their specific biology or their specific psychology. He, as a doctor, interacting with them, touching them, examining them, culturing viruses. In other words, actually knowing what's going on, wants to make specific instructions, specific suggestions to another human being. Scientism, the modern aspect of scientism says, wait a minute, you're not a, you're not a doctor with the party. You don't get to do that. What do you think you are? Some kind of doctor? Went out to all physicians from the medical board saying any physician in California who writes an inappropriate exemption for masks or other COVID related measures will have his medical license subjected to investigation and disciplinary action. So for a physician, just to help you to understand this kind of uh, threat hanging over your head is worse than the threat of getting fired. If I get fired from a particular healthcare organization, I can go to another healthcare organization or go start a private practice. If I lose my medical license, I cannot practice medicine. Okay. That's how serious this is. The letter never defined what might constitute an appropriate or inappropriate mask mandate. So I have no idea if I write a mandate for a kid with a severe anxiety disorder that's worsened by the wearing of a mask. Is that is that going to subject my medical license to disciplinary action? Um, physicians in California interpreted the phrase and other COVID-related re- measures to include vaccines, which had already been uh, rolled out at that point. It has become de facto impossible to get a medical exemption for a COVID vaccine in the state of California. No physician will write them, even when you have someone that has a contraindication listed on the CDC's list of contraindications to COVID vaccines. I have a patient, went to, uh, went to her rheumatologist, specialist in her uh, autoimmune condition. This specialist told this patient, I don't think you should get the COVID vaccines given your age, your low risk of COVID. And I think there's a good chance that these vaccines based on the data that we have could worsen your underlying medical condition. She turned to the same physician immediately afterwards and said, can you write me therefore a medical exemption? Uh, because I need one for work. There's a vaccine mandate at work. Same physician that just told her not to take the vaccine or recommended against it said, no, I'm sorry, I can't write you a medical exemption because I'm afraid I might lose my license. The ruling party scientists have taken scientism, which is the worship of science, meaning that only scientists can ever solve all our problems because scientists are not beholden to emotion. They cannot be conned. They cannot be bought. They cannot be bullied. They are the ones who make these decisions. And this goes directly against the word of God. And I know that's shocking that anything that the party would do would go against the word of God. But these are false gods we're talking about. Scientism, in this case, the party's scientists being the bosses. Now, you imagine, imagine yourself in this position. Well, let me first of all, pay off the word of God. That's more important. Um, Isaiah 1, 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. 
Though your skin sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are like uh, red, uh, red like crimson, they shall be washed. Paraphrasing. The Bible is very clear. The example of Jesus is very clear. He reasoned with people all the time. He debated with people. The apostle Paul went initially going into synagogues to say, hey, I'm, I'm Jewish. I was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. I'm telling you, this is our Messiah. And let us reason together. Now, the party doesn't want reason. Reason is an enemy of the party. In postmodern society, skepticism of the party is an enemy. Hence, you have the world's greatest tennis player kicked out of Australia, not because they didn't accept his medical waiver. They did, in fact, as I'm told by Rebel News in Australia. What they kicked him out for was that him being there could cause other people to dissent, to disagree with the party. So imagine, if you will, this. You are a... You're an automotive mechanic, okay? And you have been working on the brakes of someone's car. You've been examining their car brakes. And it's a mother and she's got three kids and she's pregnant. And she's getting ready to drive across a a snowy North Dakota. And her brakes don't work. Or let's say, let's be more fair. Her brakes look like they're going to stop working in the next 30 miles or so. Or let's, let's, yeah, let's make it more lifelike. She's going to go through over the continental divide. So the mountain range that divides the United States from east to west, she's going to go over that. She's got the four kids. She's pregnant. You've examined her brakes. You've determined that her brakes are likely to break down, likely to become inert, to not work in the next 30 to 50 miles. And you say to her, hey, you know what? Your brakes are, are likely to fail in the next 30 to 50 miles. And she says, hey, could you just write me a recommendation so I can get my brakes fixed? Because this is my work car. I need to go to my boss and have him fix this. I don't have the 1500 or 2000 bucks you're asking me for, whatever it's going to be, to go through and replace all this with all the labor, all the brakes, whatever. And you tell her, ah, I can't. But, but that I can't afford to get the car fixed. I, I'm, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm going to lose my job. Or imagine that you're a baker. And someone comes into your, um, in your facility. And they say, listen, I know there's a lot of people who talk about peanut allergies. I'm telling you, my kid will die of anaphylactic shock tomorrow. Are there any peanuts in, in your place? I need to know this. And you're, I, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say I'm, I, I can't tell you. Well, but are there? I can't say. I could lose my job. This is where the party has installed their chosen scientists who are paid off. Scientists are human. They, they can be paid off. They can be bought. They can be bullied. But in fact, the statement that doctor makes there is proof that they've been bullied. Under the false god of scientism following the party. And to prove the point further, this is the um, executive director of the completely fraudulent, absolutely corrupt IHME at the University of Washington. Among the other things it pushes, it wants a full government takeover of healthcare. That's that's one of the, the things on its agenda, full government takeover of healthcare. 
And they've been wrong about everything. They pushed the medically useless, deadly, politically advantageous selective lockdowns of school children, but not abortion clinics. They, they are responsible for this as anybody. All their modeling is jokeville because it's all designed with an outcome in mind. Scare people, as we talked about earlier this week. None of it's, none of it's chaos. None of it's incompetence. Because all the incompetence goes in one direction. Keep in mind the quote we just heard from the doctor in in the committee organized by Senator Johnson. And listen now to this IHME fraud. And it's a fraud upon fraud. He, a mobbed up party member scientist or boss of scientists, has now announced, oh, we can stop the lockdowns. After this massive wave of Omicron, uh, I believe that the era of extraordinary government and societal uh, intervention to control uh, COVID-19 is essentially going to be coming to an end. The pandemic in the sense of that societal response is over. Is it? Uh, We are going to go through an extraordinary wave of COVID transmission because of the Omicron variant with more than half the world getting infected by the time uh, it sweeps through the world and will be subsiding in March. Uh, And at that point, population levels of immunity, both because of Omicron, because of uh, vaccination, will be at the highest level ever. So the frauds within frauds are this. That same dynamic, seasonal dynamic, has existed since March of 2020. It has always existed. It is a well-studied dynamic with upper respiratory viruses that you have these seasonal differences The other fraud within the fraud is this, that he pretends that these mitigation factors have done anything. They've not. They've made things worse. That's proven time and again. But the key fraud from that fraud, a fraud within a fraud spoken by a guy I consider a fraud, is he mentions Omicron is why mm, it's not going to spread. You hear that at the end? Because of uh, Omicron spreading uh, and the vaccines we're going to have the highest level of, uh, of, of herd immunity ever. He won't even say natural immunity. Because his bosses do not want people to be aware of natural immunity. Because natural immunity comes from where? It comes from God Almighty. When you're worshiping false gods, you can't have the actual God interspersing or button in and saying, hey, but I created your bodies to be able to fight off viruses. And in fact, for the humanity to be able to learn from humanity and protect humanity, that's why God may have designed kids to be less likely to get infected with the, pardon me, to get sick with this stuff. So scientism reigns in that world. And I want to focus more on this this week. I'm watching a really important documentary that, that, that contends to add reason to climate science. He recognizes the climate catastrophists, and he also criticizes people who ignore, in his words, what is happening to the climate. But he makes a very, very important point in one of his, in, in one of his interviews. A scientist says during one of his interviews that the modern interpretation of science is everything all young scientists say, well, if it's not peer reviewed, it doesn't matter. Okay. Peer review is nice and it's good, but it's completely broken because in the modern structure of scientism, where the party bosses are in fact, the chief scientists, 
peer review is really about, do you match the narrative? And if it doesn't match the narrative, guess what? It's not going to get peer reviewed. So even if it's right, it won't get peer reviewed. Turn again to the Great Barrington Declaration and those really well-published, very well-respected immunologists and epidemiologists. All of a sudden, they couldn't get their papers accepted for peer review, just like the doctor in the committee organized by Senator Johnson says they're not allowed to write medical waivers even when the injections might kill you. That's scientism in the modern world. Then there's Whoopi Goldberg. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. Now, we can have a discussion about the Holocaust. I welcome that discussion. But we could also include in this then the Holocaust under Chairman Mao, under Stalin and under the, the Chinese Communist Party right now, exterminating Uyghurs. And what's so fascinating about this under the false god of racism, and here's why I'm describing it as a false god. You would think of it as a, as a demon, an evil. Racism is evil. Is because they've made a god of being racist. They have made it a godly virtue to be a racist. And this is typified in the Anti-Defamation League, which is, again, a completely corrupted organization. It has fallen victim to scientism, to party bosses. It's utterly corrupt in its ideas, completely, permanently, probably corrupt. Michael Knowles points this out on Twitter. The Anti-Defamation League has changed the definition of racism. It used to be that racism was a collective belief that certain races were more, you know, were better than others. They've changed this. It is now the official position of the Anti-Defamation League that racism is the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. So it's no longer racism when the Japanese took Chinese people captive and turned the women into, what was it, uh, pleasure girls, sex slaves? Because the Japanese considered themselves to be the superior race. That's no longer racism. It's not racism when black people exterminate white people. This is now taking racism and making it, changing it, but then turning it into a virtue at the same time. The teaching of critical race theory is turning racism into a virtue, into something to be worshipped. The more virulent you are, the more insistent, obsessive you are about whiteness, which is what the ADL has now changed this to. Racism is now whiteness. Whiteness doesn't exist because if whiteness exists, blackness exists, and we're not allowed to talk about blackness. So they turned it into something to worship. I want to give you a closer look at what Whoopi Goldberg said about racism and the Holocaust and Again, point of comparison. When you're worshiping false gods, you get trapped in lies. (laughs) Wolfie Goldberg is so trapped in a lie. 
it's just remarkable to even think that that people can become this hypnotized. It's remarkable and it's frightening to me. A huge shout out, you guys. Thank you for the support of Alan's Artisan Soaps. I was talking last night with John Caldwell, my friend uh, who has set this business up because he wants his, his three sons. Um, two of them are profoundly affected by autism. I was learning more about Alan's condition last night. And um, they're, they're brave boys, brave young men. And they don't, they're absolutely raised to see themselves as anything but victims. John himself, the founder of Allen's Artisan Soaps, is a conservative. He is a um, financially self-made man, although he gives credit to the Lord God because he's also a Christian man. I, I talked a lot about the founding of the company, the decision Alan made, I mean, probably that John made to make sure his sons have actual functional work. You guys were so awesome yesterday, and we're just kicking off this campaign selling soap with these guys. You were so awesome yesterday that we set a record for his website visits. Um, it's the biggest day they've had this year, and I'm going to ask you guys to see if we can triple down on that. So let me talk about the soaps. These are all natural ingredients. They're made here in the United States. And the packaging, the quality control, this is all done by Alan. When you get the soaps, you're going to get a picture of Alan at work. And John told me last night that Alan was so busy, he told his dad, soap, busy, soap, happy. Now, the soaps themselves, I use every day. My wife uses every day. My daughter uses we're now buying them for friends because the soaps are a gentle scent. They're not super aggressive. I use a scent that I consider to be the more masculine, um, and that is my favorite scent, and that is the cedarwood jasmine. I've got the I've gave my wife the lavender rosemary because she loves that. That's and I have a vanilla lime. I may use the vanilla lime next. These soaps sud up. They suds up. They do the cleaning like they're supposed to do. And there's this. For every bar sold right now, when you use the code word Todd, then please do that. Use the code word Todd. John's asking for that as well. One dollar from every bar sold goes to the Special Olympics. So we can also help people advance in that way and challenge themselves and gain the reward of using their bodies in that way. So here's what you do. Go to allensoaps.com. That's A-L-A-N-S soaps. Dot com. Purchase soaps for your family. Maybe give some of us gifts. Let's see if we can blow this day out like we did the other day. Um, Outofthesoaps.com. Use the code, the, the code Todd at checkout. T-O-D-D. And this is the decision a father made so that his kids would never view themselves as victims, his son, so that they would always have functional work. And I'm just such an admirer of that decision. The scientism that we talked about has this cousin of the new racism. And the new racism is that some racism is not racism. Other racism is racism. And we're talking about those differences. Compare that to the party scientists make the rules. The non-party scientists are to shut up. And I guarantee you, I can prove this point anytime. You go into an HR meeting where you're called into the meeting to talk about whiteness and you raise the issue of blackness. Try it. You'll be fired. You'll be brought up to HR and you'll be fired for racism because they cannot have these things coexist. When you're setting up false gods, you can't have any ounce of skepticism. It has to be crushed. And once again, you think of Christ Almighty walking the earth 
and people coming to him and and calling him a false prophet and and a false teacher and and the bosses the the religious bureaucrats of the time telling him you know telling him off and anytime he wanted to he could have said you know what i'm sick of your mouth so i'm going to make your mouth disappear and then you're he could have done that but he didn't let us reason together come let us reason together from isaiah it is uniquely authoritarian, uniquely of the other side to stifle, to shove debate down people's mouths. So here's the rest of Whoopi Goldberg. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No, no, it's not about race. It's it's not about race. It's not about race because it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about ideal like, race. It's 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 then, but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black people see too. them as white men? But you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Now, look, you can have debates all day long. Race, religion, well, there were gypsies and, and the Nazis killed gay people and they killed communists. And you can have those debates all day long. And I welcome those debates, but it's kind of ignoring the greater point. And the, the greater point is this, that she's right. Whoopi Goldberg is right. It's about man's human inhumanity to man. It's about a crazy person being put in charge. And what did Hitler use as a tool? Racism and scientism. Where this becomes a false God should be clear because it's not God Almighty. But this, that same woman regards any bad thing that happens to any black person as racism. Except when a bad thing befalls a white person, they'll make fun of it. They're trying everything they can to bring back their God. Our God is white, is, 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 is white privilege. This has to be about our God. And in every case, It goes back to a historical pattern. Now, this might be, this might just be me. I believe there is a spirit of tyranny. I believe the spirit of tyranny operates with the same template, the same behavior. Chairman Mao's approach, Stalin's approach, Lenin's approach. You can go, you can go to uh, all throughout history with this approach and these moments of dreadful evil, Hitler's approach. And the spirit is authoritarianism backed by fake science, meaning this, it's not the scientific process. Rush Limbaugh, God rest him, popularized the, the, the fact of Lysenkoism. That Stalin had a scientist, Lysenko, whose job was to make communism appear to be a god. So whatever was needed 
Okay, we want to talk about the shapes of people's heads. Okay, you are determined your future is by the shape of your head or by the bumps on your head. We can determine your fitness as a species by how the bumps on your head lay out. That is your future. That's what you are. Lysenkoism is now practicing in broad daylight here, and it's this close cousin to racism where racism is part virtue and part vice, depending on who's saying it. But man, man's inhumanity to man is invisible on shows like The View when it comes to what? Black on black violence. So again, this breaks down to a false God that they've made gods. Well, I mean, honestly, they've made gods of street gangs. Because you can't question your gods. They've made gods of the welfare state. You can't question what the welfare state has done to black families. That's sacrosanct. The party has said you don't get to question that all black people need and all black people benefit from government handouts. That's a sacrosanct fact. You are not to question it. Because when you're worshiping false gods, you scratch at the surface of a false god and the false god falls apart. Now, I'm embarrassed to say, well, I guess I'm not, given who it is. There's a Republican who is sort of tipping his toe into this water. Yeah, he is. Of, well, let's just be a little bit racist. My friend Zach Abraham is a guy you can trust in your finances. Um, You heard from Zach last hour. He is the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management. And one of the things I admire about Zach, I was around when Zach started his radio show. Okay. And I was doing radio at the time, did radio for, for a decade or so. And I got to meet Zach when he first came in. I got to hear the beginning of his radio show. I've heard him grow as a radio uh, personality. But what's always been consistent is Zach is a teacher. And Bulwark Capital Management is is great part teaching. Yes, they manage people's finances. They're they're brilliant at it. I love their approach. That is to maximize your gains while absolutely protecting you, you know, from loss in specifically in your retirement portfolio. So he's grown as a radio guy. You can hear his show at Know Your Risk Radio, and he's become a very very good radio man. The teaching has always been solid. Six years ago, Zach was telling people, look, the 60-40 mix with bonds as a safe portion of your portfolio, that might not be as safe anymore because he's been very, very consistent. And he talks about 0% interest rates. He talks about the money printing. And Zach says, look, these things continue. Bonds are very likely to, uh, you know, the inflation will very likely rise and bonds will very likely get crushed. Well, then they're not that safe. So here's the teacher part. He's going to send you a free booklet. It's called uh, called Common Sense Investing. This is going to show you how you can replace bonds in your portfolio, all or part, depending on who you are and what your risk tolerance is, etc. Okay, you just call and you'll get a free copy of Common Sense Investing. Eight, um, it's eight six six. 779 risk. That's 866 risk. Or you can go easy way. Just go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Thank you, Zach. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> 
Uh, even though I record the podcast now and right now we don't do live radio, I could feel it. I'm sorry. I don't know. You and I, after all these years together, <laughs> we have a connection. I laughed too when I said his name. No, it's not a fake laugh, honey. Actually, my wife's not here. Lindsey Graham tips his toe into, let's be a little bit racist. And President Reagan said, running for office, that he wanted to put the first female Mm -hmm. on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go on to the court. So I don't concede that I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court making the court more like America in the history of our country. We've only had uh, five women serve Mm -hmm. and two African-American men. Now, you'll forgive me that I view diversity in a little bit different way. I, I, I believe that a black young woman or black woman raised in a rich neighborhood around rich people in modern America, a, a black woman born in the last four, four decades, five decades, is very likely going to have a very similar experience to a rich white woman brought up in a similar neighborhood, in a similar school with similar colleges. Now, are there going to be differences? Certainly. I also believe there's differences in people who are overweight. I believe they're treated differently in job interviews. I believe they're treated differently in pursuit of careers. I believe that people who are very good looking are commonly thought of to be smarter. I've fallen into that trap. I used to think that because people were super good looking, it meant that they were super confident. It doesn't always mean that. Sometimes they're the least confident people, confident, I'm not saying competent, confident that exists. So I view this a little bit differently. But Lindsey Graham, you are correct in this, that it is looking more and more like America to say only a black person gets this job. Because racism is a virtue and a vice. It's a virtue when it serves the party's ends. The party's ends is to create a ruling class. The party's ends is to create fealty, fidelity, faith in the party. Now, in a Christian context, a truly Christian context, faith is not a feeling, nor is love, nor is forgiveness. They're actions. Faith is an action in a Christian context. Because you have faith, you have works. The greater your works, probably the greater your faith. The greater your faith and works, the greater you get to know God because you work side by side with the Lord Almighty. Putting faith in the party creates works on behalf of the party. This is quite simply the spirit of tyranny that I believe exists. I believe you can go back to Caesar Augustus. People pledged loyalty to Caesar Augustus because he had deified himself. I declare myself deity. And people spoke of him as Lord. The Lord of their lives. All honor to him. And the works they undertook were on his behalf. And you have feudalism and you have, you have loyalty to dictators throughout time. Heil Hitler. 
And it's not saying that America is going through a holocaust to say that America is at a stage where the party is demonstrating when you lend us your fealty, your faith through your works, you are absolved of your evident sins. Now think of the implications of this under the false god of racism. The Seattle so-called mayor, Snow Shovel, Durkin, now no longer mayor because her replacement, who is the same person but in a different skin, Bruce Harrell, same person, different skin. They had contemplated giving the police station in the Chop Antifistan area that was where the terrorist groups took it over for six weeks and, and killed two people, one a teen, one a child, countless rapes. Um, assaults, vandalism, handing out uh, AR-15s to anybody who wanted them. It was that. They contemplated giving the police station to Black Lives Matter Incorporated, but Black Lives Matter Incorporated didn't want it. They wanted other things, and they got, according to some estimates, a billion dollars for undertaking an act of faith to the party. Hey, burn down some American cities for us and we'll give you money. And Patrice Colliers has her reward, her earthly reward. One of the Black Lives Matter Incorporated co-founders, her $2 million, $3 million, $4 million home in Topanga Canyon, California. The party is saying, look, it has its rewards. Showing faith to us has its rewards for you. And this is also a form of humanism where human beings are the most powerful thing in the world. Humanism circles right back over to scientism because scientists are human. And what I love about this in this comparison is there's a very famous quote from, a, and he's a contemporary philosopher. In fact, he's now hated by the party. His name is Thomas Nagel. Thomas Nagel wrote of the cosmic authority problem. He said, I speak from experience being strongly subject to this fear myself. I want atheism to be true and I'm made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. I said, I hope there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. My guess is this is this cosmic authority problem is not a rare condition. And it is responsible for much of the scientism and reductionism of our time. One of the tendencies it supports is the ludicrous overuse of evolutionary biology to explain everything about human life, including everything about the human mind. This is somewhat ridiculous by situation, or a somewhat ridiculous situation. It is just as irrational to be influenced in one belief by the hope that God does not exist as by the hope that God does exist. Now, clearly, I disagree with him on God existing. Clearly. This guy got attacked by the party for breaking ranks. As an atheist, because he offered a review of a book that contends the core contention of the book is never in the history of the world has useful information appeared randomly. Hey, if this is the sort of programs you like, this is sort of diving off the deep end and talking at this, I guess, philosophical level. 
and you have friends who like programs like this, we do me a favor and us a favor. We share this with those friends. You have friends who talk about scientism or they talk about the new racism or humanism. We let them know there's a podcast that explores those things from a Christian perspective with news on the edges and God at the center. This is one of the most powerful ways we're finding to grow listenership to the program. Um, just e- email this episode to friends. If you post it on social media, that's fantastic. We appreciate that. We're learning that emailing friends to say, hey, I love this episode of the Todd Herman Show. I listened to this guy. Very potent way uh, to grow the listener base. The other key way um, is there are 10 podcasts per week. And the more people listen to each of the episodes, the better we do as we're now turning the corner into trying to bring in and successfully bringing in revenue, I would add. And that's going to happen. And it's frankly has to happen because of the money I'm spending. That's okay. It's God's resources. He's going to repay sevenfold. So after this, Thomas Nagel made this statement. He wrote a review of a book that is one of my favorite books. You'll see it on the desks in both of my offices, in the studio and in my office. And that is um, Stephen Meyer's book. Um, and, and there's two of his books that I really, really adore. The one I adore, adore most is called Signature in the Cell. And a, a, a whole series of party-following sycophants attacked him for simply suggesting a book. Here's an example. What else can one say when a prominent and formerly reputable philosopher lends the fame of his name to endorse the latest misleading hatchet job on biological science by Stephen Meyer, one of the key figures in the Discovery Sick Institute? Scientists are already taking note of this embarrassing display. See here, which just invites the ridicule of the profession. It's sad. But it's also a reason to be angry since he's not simply making a fool of himself. He's giving ammunition to those who campaign relentlessly to undermine biological education in the public schools. So this is a militant and angry attack on a man because as an atheist, he admired a book about intelligent design. There's your party. There's your humanism. There's your scientism, selective scientist, because what that, and I didn't want to say the guy's name, what he refuses to mention in his attack of Thomas Nagel for daring to represent or to recommend a book by a scientist, Stephen Meyer. It's not the debate. It's not, hey, let us reason. Of course, it's not biblical. I read his entire piece attacking the book. And all he says is, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 you don't need information to create DNA. You don't need code to create code. You don't need information to create information. It just, no, it just arose. It's, we all, everybody knows that. It's, every, it's, it's, it's known. He gives no examples of how it's known. He can't. See, this guy is wedded to the notion that we are self-made beings but not really self-made. We are utterly randomly created, therefore meaningless. Therefore, if we're meaningless beings, why are you spun up? And why have you wet your panties around? Pardon the language. Why have you wet yourself? Pardon the language. Why have you fallen into hysteria? Because another meaningless, randomly created biological entity with no brain of its own 
was simply just chemicals interacting with chemicals said something. You're stating here in your belief that life is useless. It is. Look, if there's if there's no eternal life, if there's no kingdom thinking, life is useless, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we live, we die. I think we all sense something more. And on a personal note today, I was really shocked when I watched my mom say goodbye to her auntie. See, I had thought that when you were with a dying person, you were to just simply encourage them to fight. Hold on. You're going to be okay. The doctors are going to save you. The science is going to save you. But now in this as a retirement home, I think that's what we called them at the time, characteristically white room, white floor, white walls, white carpet. We stood there with my aunt, auntie, we were to call her. And she was the one nice aunt, by the way. The rest of them were not that nice. I hate to say that, but they weren't. They didn't like kids. And they said it. We don't like kids. She did like kids. Kay was her name. Annie Kay. And my mom went in. And she put her hand on Auntie's shoulders. And Auntie recognized her. There's a thing about dying. That the, um, the earlobes roll up. I learned this from my sister that the body's saying, okay, we don't have the energy to keep the earlobes full of blood. So we're going to let those curl up. And you start to see these signs. Also this milkiness in the eyes. And my, my aunt had the milkiness in the eyes. And my mom talked to her about, thank you for being so important in my life. Thank you for providing parents I didn't have. Thank you for putting me, helping me to go through college. Thank you for all this. And then she said, she put her hand on my aunt's forehead and she said, I just hope that this ends in the way you want it to end. And my aunt nodded, nodded. She said, are you tired? She nodded. She said, are you ready to go to God? And she nodded. Yes, yes. My mother then said, then I hope you go to God today. And I repeated that 25 years later when my father lay dying in a hospital bed and his brother, with all the great intent in the world, came into the hospital and, and said to my dad, brother, this is when you need to fight. And I put my hand on, on my, my uncle's back and I, and I pulled him to the side. I said, no, 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 it's over. He wants it to go quickly. He's going to God. Please let him go. Please. Now, my uncle is not a man of faith. He respects our faith deeply. Sends us religious Christmas cards because he knows that's how we celebrate. He didn't stay. He told his brother, my dad, I love you. And he didn't stay. 
because I don't think he could do what we were asking him to do. You see, if there's nothing beyond, and we're just here for this brief period of time and everything we build is useless, why fight? If there is a beyond, and there is, why do anything other than wait to be called? Right, by the true Lord. Why do anything other than rely on his timing? And that was the timing. It saddens me to this day that my uncle did not get to experience my father's soul because I did. I have no question in my mind. Oh, but that's not scientific. I don't think the party would blush that because you got to have your false gods. Can't have competing gods. We sure appreciate your support of the program and the podcast, sharing it with 10 friends. Um, it's allowed us to grow magnificently. Thank you, Lord. Thank you to you. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.